Welcome back. Let's get straight into the factors driving market activity today. And for that conversation, I am joined by Imitia Suleiman from Seisho Capital. Imitia, good evening to you. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening. All right. I will be very honest. I'm very surprised that the European markets are still upbeat on the back um, of that GDP read. Um, tell me exactly why uh, you think they're upbeat, because for me, the overall picture is still rather bleak. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. The macro data coming out is certainly not great. So what we saw was the GDP data, um, a European area growing by 0.2 percent and then inflation also coming in quite high 10.7 percent but i think the market is sort of looking at what's going to happen next in terms of central banks and their outlook for interest rates we have the fed coming out on wednesday um, it's most likely that we're going to see a 75 basis points hike then but further from there, you know, it's, it seems to be that the market is looking at a moderation in the quantum of the hikes. Um, and then, you know, we could be moving down to maybe 50 basis points or even 25 basis points early next year. So it looks like um, although inflation is still quite high, interest rates are going to be um, reducing in certainly in size mm -hmm. as the markets look forward. Because the macro data, as you mentioned, is very weak. And that speaks of a consumer that's constrained, um, you know, fa facing rising inflationary pressures from energy, especially. And that's putting pressure on um, the general economic activity. Yeah, Imitiaz, that energy inflation in the EU is 40% plus. That is, a, that is a large amount. And I don't see how that amount could even um, go down drastically in the next few months. And so I'm wondering why markets are preempting um, this change in the inflation data, just considering where um, energy is sitting right now. Yeah, I think if you look at it from an overall perspective, um, it all hinges around how cold of a winter Europe is going to be experiencing. So they filled up quite a bit of their gas storage tanks, tanks. Um, you know, as we had the, the war between Russia and UK, Ukraine and the supply disruptions coming out of Russia. And if we do have a milder winter, which, you know, is a small probability, mm -hmm. then Europe could get through the winter period without um, much higher gas prices. So I think, you know, the market is certainly looking um, through this great news and anticipating um, a moderation in interest rate hikes, which would um, alleviate some of the pressure um, from, from the markets overall. But I still think we're in still a very tough patch from an economic perspective, geopolitical perspective, as well as an inflationary perspective. Yeah, who would have thought after COVID there'd be all of this, Imitiaz? Okay, let's look at MTN Nigeria closer to home. Um, it looks like a positive performance, double-digit growth. Um, they've managed to increase subscribers there. But there's still um, some issues within Nigeria's macroeconomic environment that could still strain MTN. Let's just talk about that um, in, in the environment that MTN finds itself in, in specifically that country. Yeah, um, you know, the environment, as you mentioned, has been very difficult to operate in. Certainly, the currency has been very weak um, and the macroeconomic pressures in Nigeria has also been quite profound. But from an operational perspective, 
MTN Nigeria is doing very well. You know, data is growing at 49%, service revenue is up 20%, and voice is also growing at 4.5%. So I think from an overall perspective, um, revenue is quite strong, margins are holding up, and they're also guiding for margins to be within the 53 to 55% range. This is the EBITDA margin. So I think overall, um, you know, they went through a tough patch in terms of the SIM registration issue in Nigeria. That seems to be um, coming to an end. And operationally, they're starting to grow and they're growing quite strongly in data. So I think overall, um, a strong execution from MTN Nigeria. All right, and bringing it home now, um, I think we only have time to speak about one of them, either AdCorp or Bowen. I think we'll go with Bowen. Um, a very interesting business here. I'm very surprised, actually, that they've also maintained quite a strong performance in this environment, Imitiaz. Um, let's just talk about how you view this business and even its growth prospects as we really enter a full stagflation environment. Yeah, maybe look at it from a housing and accommodation perspective. It, you know, it, that's what Baldwin stands are and where they play in. There's been strong demand for that segment, especially during COVID when you had interest rates being slashed and consume all, you know, the population more and more uh, being able to work from home. That's increased demand for housing quite significantly. And Baldwin does play to that theme. Mm. The strong growth that they're seeing is in the Western Cape and to some extent KZN. And we've seen the semigration to um, especially the Western Cape. Mm. And that uh, this comes through quite strongly with um, the proportion of sales in the coastal regions increasing quite significantly. They've sold about one and a half thousand units that are already pre-sold but not yet booked and i think that bodes well for revenue going forward and overall they're in a very strong position from a balance sheet perspective with um, a healthy cash balance hence the dividend payout so i think um, they're beneficiary of um, the COVID uh, theme that we saw is it possible that it will be the companies with the stronger balance sheets that kind of get through this tough economic um, time better? Is, is a strong balance sheet where a lot of um, finance managers should be leaning towards right now? Yeah, I think um, that would be key. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you go into a tougher environment, you want to be in a position whereby you'll be able to have sufficient liquidity um, as well as um pay your debts and manage your balance sheet quite um, robustly. Mm-hmm. So I think those stronger companies are the ones that will get through more easier. Mm-hmm. And always during tough times, it's the weaker companies that either have to take on more debt mm-hmm. or do rights issues, or ultimately, you know, go into business rescue, as we've seen with um, Tonga Hewlett, for example. Mm-hmm. So high debt levels certainly are going to be an issue in a tough economic environment. And those companies that have um, quite a robust balance sheet will fare better. All right. So your stock pick for today is AVI. Um, Let's just talk about that business and exactly why you've chosen this one for today. Yeah, I think if you look at AVI's business overall, they've got some leading brands in their portfolio Mm -hmm. and they manage the volume and price effect mix very carefully, which plays um, to their strengths and ability. So as they see um, volumes declining, they reduce prices, but overall, from an overall perspective, you still get revenue growth. Um, From a margin perspective, I think AVI will benefit going forward 
as you see some of those input price pressures starting to moderate with mm -hmm. the rollover of some of the commodity inputs that have affected them quite negatively up until now. Um, and then they've also got a bit of a cyclical element from the fashion business, which comes through. And I think you're going to have a, a, a bit of a cyclical pickup from that segment, although it's a smaller part of the overall portfolio, mm -hmm. um, that should help them in a in a um, better economic environment. So overall, I think strong balance sheet, as we were talking about, mm -hmm. good management, strong brands, and, and strong management in terms of price and volume of the overall portfolio. Yeah, when I was reading about it, what I found very interesting about this business is that um, they're not looking at expansion. They just want to improve efficiencies. And I guess that's probably the right strategy to have in this economic environment, MTRs, just to um, do what you do and do it well, and possibly not to be um, looking into the horizon about what else you could be doing. Yes? Yeah, I think, um, you know, they've, they've built up their portfolio mm -hmm. organically. They haven't made many acquisitions like some of their peers in in that uh, food producers group and that's worked well for them um they stick to their knitting um they did do the green cross acquisition mm -hmm. admittedly that didn't work out as as um, well as they hoped and i think now they've learned from that but what they do very well is allocate capex to increase efficiencies mm -hmm. and that drives uh, better cost um, control and uh, you know ultimately better margins for the business right very interesting it's one that i don't read about often but um thank you definitely for putting it on my radar that was imitia Suleiman from sensure capital